Colossians chapter 1. We're going to read from verse 9 through to verse 14. That's Colossians uh, chapter 1. And just once you're there, then we're, we're going to read together tonight audibly uh, Colossians 1 verses 9 through to 14. So once you're there, if you would stand please for the reading of God's word tonight. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 through to verse 14. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's all read it together then. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers in the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Father, we thank you for your precious word tonight. We pray, Lord, as we would come and gather around your word, we pray that you would anoint it, and Lord, that you would speak to our hearts afresh, O God. Lord, we pray that we'd not only be hearers, but we would apply your word to our lives, and that you would be glorified through each of our lives tonight. We ask all these mercies in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats together. Verse 10 in our reading says that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You know, tonight I want to start over these next few weeks and in some ways I've just been led of the Lord for us to do a spiritual assessment and that, that we would look into the Word of God, that we would allow the Word of God to speak into our hearts, and that we would look at our walk, our walk with the Lord. It's a very practical message. But, you know, in Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, it says, When Abraham was ninety years old and nine, that the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me. And be thou perfect. We have a walk. We walk with the Lord. It's a great privilege. It's an honor to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us of Enoch that he walked. Genesis 5 and 24 that Enoch walked with God and he was not. For God took him. It's an amazing thing to walk with the Lord. Especially the days that we're living in. To walk with him. You know, if you turn over in your Bibles, it tells us there in 2 Corinthians verse, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16, it says these words, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16 says these words, 2 Corinthians 6 and 16, what agreement at the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, listen to this, I will dwell in them, and I will walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That's applying to you and I tonight. 
have been washed in the blood. He says that he will not only dwell in us, but that he would walk in us. That he would walk in us. It's a marvelous thought. It's a wonderful revelation to know that he not only dwells in us, but he walks in us. Where we go, we are his feet, we are his hands, we are his mouthpiece, we are his representatives here on planet earth. What an honor that is to be a representative or an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. In our walk, we should be willing to assess or to ensure that we're in a good standing with the Lord. We shouldn't be afraid to, to just take a check, an assessment on where our walk is. Actually, the Bible encourages us to do that. I'm sure like many that you get throughout the year, but I got the reminder just last week that uh, the MOT's up, not the physical one, the car's up, and then the dreaded letter comes through the door and you forgot all about it, and then you're, now we better do something about the car. It's a reminder to do an assessment on your vehicle. And so I phoned uh, Robert, our mechanic, but I was finding it very difficult to get a booking. <laughs> and... Uh, but he's going to squeeze me in at some point. But then we're going to check the brakes. We're going to check the oil. You wouldn't drive the car if the oil light was on, unless you're Lydia Porter or Lydia Bob at the time. Um, but she just puts the phone over the dash and then just ignores it and just keeps driving. But you wouldn't drive your car if the engine management light come on. All these are indicators or warnings that you need to do something about your vehicle. And so it's important that when we look at these natural things that we take our time and that we look at them and we check our brakes and we make sure that our car is roadworthy. Roadworthy. That we might walk worthy. A worthy walk. And so we spend a lot of time in keeping our vehicles on the road, keeping our tires right, doing what we're supposed to do as good law-abiding citizens, but... What about our walk? You know, it was years ago, a man that we know well, his name was Billy, and he lived beside us in Annadale, and he thought he could drive his car with no tax, no insurance, no MOT, and there used to always be at the Annadale Embankment, at the very bad bend, if anybody knows it, there used to always be a checkpoint there, army and police, and he was a believer, and he was telling me one day, he was driving up to the checkpoint. He had no tax, no MOT, no insurance. And he just decided, I said, I'm just going to pray in tongues to see if I can get through here. I said, well, what happened? He says, they've done me. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just need to get your insurance, get your tax, get your MOT. <laughs> and then we have our homes that we have to look after, don't we? We try to keep things maintain things. You're always looking at a room that needs painted, a cupboard that needs cleared out. That's good. We should do that. Keep our cars right. Keep our homes right. And then our bodies is more important than our cars and our homes is, is our bodies to look after ourselves. Do you know, I was, uh, there was one of those leaflets, you know, these flyers come through. Uh, a few weeks ago it comes through. It was from Bupa, but you can get a health assessment, but there's different levels. And there's one that's called Be Motivated, and uh, that didn't attract me. And then there was one, <laughs> it was uh, Be Reassured, and that really didn't. And then the last one, that's the top one, this is the gold one, it's, it's Be Ahead. It's 800 pounds. 
and then 150, 400, 800. And then you get the assessment, of course, is, is to help check your BMI, your waist to height, your blood pressure, your heart, your cholesterol, and all the bits and pieces. And then it'll give you a big printout at the end to tell you how well you've done. But we need to look after ourselves too, don't we? Jesus said in Matthew 6, in verse 31, Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Not that you shouldn't have them. He knows what you need. But then he says in verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Has anyone ever lacked? Has the Lord not been faithful? Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. What about our walk? What about our walk? What about your walk? What about my walk? Walk with the Lord. The most important thing in this world is your walk with the Lord, your spiritual walk. How often do we make an assessment or take stock or, as the Bible says, examine yourself? How often do we take that time to say, Lord, where are things really at? Not to be condemned, not to put ourselves into a place, but just to ask the Lord, Lord, where, where are things at in my walk with you? in my life, in my quiet time, in my personal time, in my devotion, in my intimacy with the Lord? Where, where am I at in my walk? In Haggai chapter 1, if you turn over, you'll find there, there is such a profound statement that is made, and I believe we can apply it to the message tonight. In Haggai chapter 1 and verse 3, Haggai chapter 1 and verse 3 says these words, then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, or ye that dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. He's speaking about two houses. One's the natural, I believe. The other one's the spiritual, the house of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The gathering of God's people is the house of God. And here he's saying about that they were concerned about the physical, but what was happening was that the house of God lay in waste. What we really should be putting our attention to, the things that were important, the things that were essential in the, in the checkup, we were neglecting those things and we were putting all our energy into other things. And the Lord said, consider your way. Consider your way. Examine yourselves. Now to do that, really to do that effectively, but to do it the way the Lord wants us to do it, it's very important that we ask God for help to do that. We need God to help us to do that. We need God's grace in order to do that. Of course, it's to examine ourselves. Luke 6 and 41 says, Why beholdest thou the mote in that is in thy brother's eyes, but perceivest not that the beam is in your own eyes. So in other words, 
God wants us to stop looking at others and making a judgment in them, but examine your own life. And we need to do that, of course, not just by our own merits, our own strength, our own ideas, because the danger of that without the aid of the Spirit and the grace of God is Galatians 6 and 3, if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself, because we can think we're in a place that we're sometimes not. And so that's why we need the Holy Spirit. And you never allow the enemy to examine you, because he's known as the accuser of the brethren. And if he examines you, boy, he'll do a job on us all, won't he? It reminds us of Zechariah 3 and 1 when he showed us Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And so if, if you ask the enemy to examine you, he will. And what he'll bring you into at the end of all of that is that we're condemned because he'll point out all our faults and we know we all have faults. But thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. The accuser of the brethren has been cast down. But we have a walk. We do have a walk. That we're the walk worthy. In 1 Corinthians 11 and 28, it says, Let a man examine himself. Let him take time to examine his life, examine his heart, examine his walk. And let him eat of the bread and let him drink of that cup. 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, it says, Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, and prove your own selves. There's a time that we need to take, and it's not the 31st of December, by the way. It's what the world do. We should be examining ourselves. We should be before the Lord, allowing the Lord to do that work that only He can do, that we desire Him to do. But the priority is the spiritual house, that new man. So the question is, the assessment of your walk. How's your walk? How are you walking? These are important questions. These are essential questions. How is our walk? If you turn to Romans 6, there's quite a number of verses I want, to follow, you, want you to follow with me. Romans 6, because the Bible says an awful lot about walk, our walk. In Romans 6, and verse 4 tells us there that therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We have a new life to walk in. It's Christ in us, the hope. He lives in us and he walks in us, and it's a newness of life. We are to walk in that newness of life. Let's go through a few things about our walk. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 5. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 5. If you follow it through with me, we're going to look at some things about our walk. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 5. So we're to walk in this newness of life. 1 John 2 and 5 says, But whoso keepeth his word... In him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk. Look what it says. Even as he walked. We're to walk even 
as he walked. I know for us to attempt to do that by any other means, but by the power of the Spirit is impossible. To walk the walk that he walked. But we abide in him, we are to walk this walk. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 1. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1. Paul writes and says, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1, Furthermore then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. The Lord's desire is not only for us to walk, but to abound in this newness of life, to live this life in the abundance of it, by the power of the Spirit of God, and to please God in our walk, to please Him. That's our chief aim, is to glorify Him, and that the fruit of our lives would glorify the Father. And we know we do this by faith. This is a walk, for we walk by faith. This is a walk of faith, faith in Him. But it's His faith. If you turn over to Galatians 2 and 20, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, it says these words. We're talking about this walk, walking in faith, in the newness of life, walking to please the Lord. But in Galatians 2 and 20, we know the verse. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is a walk of faith. But it's his faith, and there's a death to ourselves, to walk and to live in the newness and the abundance of this life. And so we have to walk by faith. He dwells on us and walks in us. And how does all this work? It is by the power of the Spirit of God. If you turn over to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, Paul writes, Galatians 5 and verse 16, this I say then, walk in the Spirit. What is a walk in the Spirit? What does that look like? What is a walk in the Spirit that doesn't fulfill the lusts of the flesh? You remember just over these past few weeks, we've been looking at the Holy Spirit and His work in these last days. And His chief aim is to glorify Jesus. That's His chief aim. He shall glorify me, Jesus said. So the walk in the Spirit is a walk that glorifies Jesus Christ and nobody else. How does that happen? When the Holy Ghost saves, when we're saved by the grace of God and born of the Spirit of God, and the Holy Ghost comes into our lives, His purpose is to illuminate Jesus in our walk when we walk by faith and to illuminate this Christ and the fruit and the characteristics of Jesus to be illuminated to this world that's around us. That's a walk in the Spirit, and we do not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. If we live in the Spirit, Paul writes on down in that chapter, he says, let us also walk in the Spirit. He wants us to walk and live and move and have our being in Him by the power of the Spirit of God. And that spiritual walk produces a fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. And here's some of the things that should be evident then in our walk. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. Ephesians 5 and verse 1 says these words. Ephesians 5 and 1. 
says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk, what does he say, in love, as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. That walk, there's a walk in the love of God, the evidence of that believer that is vertically in line with God, but also horizontally there's a love that is shed abroad in our hearts by the Spirit of God, and we walk in that love. Not only do we walk in love, but 3 John and 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children, do you know what John said, that they walk in truth. There's a walk in love. There's a walk in the truth. If you turn over to Romans chapter 13 and verse 13, this is all to do with our walk. Romans 13 and verse 13 Paul writes says, and says, let us, Romans 13 and 13, let us walk honestly, let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. Let us walk in the truth and let us walk honestly. This is a believer. This is a Christian. Have you taken time, have you taken time to make an assessment of your walk? Do you ever take time to ask? Do you ever take time as you're with and before the Lord to ask the Lord about your walk? Lord, how am I walking? You know, last week, as you know, I'm not going to labor the point. Everybody knows, but I have a bad back. But you know, when I walked into the wee man that uh, Andy knows, it's a wee, he, he works over in Murray, but then he does homers. <laughs> so... Maybe not recommending homers, but he does homers for the backs. And you pull up into the wee estate, and then he lives down. He has this wee terrace house, and there's a wee, you know the wee alleyways that you have in the terrace houses? And he would poke his head round, and it's looked like you're going in to do a deal, but it was just getting my back done in case anybody says anything. So I'm hobbling down the alleyway, in round the back. He's got a wee bit of false grass on the, on the, on the garden, makes it look really, and then a wee shed, and he says, and he's, he's just typical sort of Belfast fellow like ourselves. And you walk in. So I'm walking in. As you know, I wasn't walking great. And he says, what happened to you? And I'm, well, I says, get up on that bed there, big fella. You're not walking right. That's the way he would talk to me. Get up on that bed, big fella. You're not walking right. Do we ever take time to actually see where are we in our walk? Where is our walk with the Lord? Like this is really the... This is like the nuts and bolts of Christianity. Really, where is our walk with him? What's our quiet time? What's our time around the word of God? Do we spend time with him? Do we allow him to, to deal with us? Do we allow him to speak to us? Do we hear him? Is it just meeting to meeting? Is it just... You know, you can't live on meeting to meeting. I love meetings and I love coming together with God's people, but... This is a daily walk. It's a daily walk with the Lord. And it's, how is your walk? How is your, I'm not saying that in any way. To, again, we must know this is not about condemnation. This is about the Spirit of God drawing us into a closer place with the Lord, that the Lord's working with us. He's dealing with us. He's conforming us into his image. He's not here to condemn us. It is the enemy that condemns us. Our sin will condemn us. But thank God we have an advocate with the Father. Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. But why is our walk? 
Sometimes we need our walk fixed. We need things maneuvered about. And sometimes that's painful. I could tell you, I was sore on that bench. If you'd have heard me, I was crying like a baby as he started to boot things back in the place, hopefully. He says, now you might be out for another few days, five days, six days. He says, big fella, it's going to be sore. And sometimes it's painful, isn't it, in the dealings of God? Because we resist. Because we're stubborn. Because we don't like the deep dealings of the Lord. To get into places, into the deeper places of our lives, we, we sort of like to just know further, Lord. It's far enough. Had enough. But maybe we haven't had enough because he wants to bring us into a place of victory where we walk in the newness of life to bring us closer to him, to deal with our hearts, that we'd walk honestly, that we'd walk in truth, that we'd walk in love, his love, that we'd walk in the spirit, that we'd walk in the victory that he has, that we'd triumph in every place. The Bible says in 1 John 1 and 7, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. The power of it is to walk in the light. When we walk in the light, when we walk in the light of his word, when we walk in the light, we have fellowship. There's true fellowship. And the blood of Jesus Christ is effective. The efficacy of the blood works and cleanses us from all of our sin and we're living in the victory and through the power of his blood when we walk in the light. Paul writes in Ephesians 4, I'm coming to a close in a minute, Ephesians 4 and verse 1. Ephesians 4 and verse 1, Paul writes these words, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love and endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. This is the walk that he pleads with the church to walk in. Walk in this. This is where the victory is. This is where the overcoming life is. This is the life to live. This is the walk. There's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. How's your walk? How's the walk? Do we take the time? It's a busy life, busy schedule, busy week. But do we take the time to examine our walk? Take the time to examine how our cars, how our homes, our bodies, which is important. But what about our spiritual man? What about our walk? The Lord's saying that we should examine ourselves. We should examine ourselves. We should allow him to work with us. He wants to work with us, not against us, but for us to make us more like him. How's our walk? What I want to do tonight, if you don't mind, I want us to pray, but I want us to pray for one another. I want us to pray to strengthen the body and encourage one another in our walk. 
Do you know if in any way that God is speaking or dealing, then let us pray one for another and encourage one another in our walks. We are living in tremendous days. We need to walk so close to him. We need to be right with him and right with each other, and we need to walk in the light. We need to trust him, but we need to look out for one another and pray one for another. Be strengthened with the power of his spirit. Let us pray one for another. Pray for each other's walk, that wherever we may be, in the workplace, in the school, in the street, that that walk, that newness of life, that light, that love, would be evident in our lives by the power of the Spirit of God. How is our walk? We want to walk right, don't we? We want to walk the way he wants us to walk. So we're going to pray tonight.